0: Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Praise the Lord Church. What a joy to be worshipping together on this Resurrection Sunday. It's been such the amazing grace of God upon all our lives. He's not dead. He's risen from the dead because he lives, we live. Today I want to share from the Gospel of John in chapter 1 and verse 29. The Bible says, the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. To understand this glorious statement, we've got to rewind back into history. Let's go a little bit behind and see what the Bible has to say about the beginning. We're going to rewind all the way to the beginning. And the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and he made man and woman. On the sixth day, he created man and he blessed them and he said, I want you to rule And I want you to take care of this dominion of mine. Man was created as the son of God. He was part of God's family. And as God created man as part of God's family, man and woman were rejoicing with God, fellowshipping with God, listening to the word of God, every day speaking with God. And then one day, the Bible says the devil came as a serpent into the garden and on the tree began to speak with the woman and begin to entice her and the man to disobey the word of God. The woman saw the fruit, was desirous of it, and she and the man took it, ate it, and their eyes were open. And the Bible says they had sinned. They had committed high treason against God, who was their king, who was their creator. And because of this, the Bible says the wages of sin was death. And so Adam and Eve had fallen away. From the life of God, the dominion of God that was with them, and they handed over authority to Satan. The judgment of God came upon them because of their rebellion, and they had to be sent out of the garden. But before they were sent out of the garden, God had a deep desire in his heart. He was a God of redemption. He knew in his heart that it was time for the death of one to cover the sin of many as a type of things to come in this great plan of redemption it would be many many years later that the high priest of israel would say it is better for one to die than for a whole nation to die but god began to set this in motion in the beginning then at that time god would have said in his heart it is time for a lamb the bible says that God killed an animal, maybe a lamb, we do not know, and covered the man and woman in the covering of this animal's skin. And the Bible says he sent them out of the garden. That the Bible says, even as it was, a he killed that animal fresh, took that skin and covered them. And probably they were for the first time covered in blood. It had to be blood because life was in the blood, the Bible says in the book of Leviticus. And he knew that one day, even though symbolically he covered this man and woman in the skin of an animal covered in blood. One day he was going to send the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth. Fast forward 2000 years and there came a man called Abraham. He lived in the city of Ur of the Chaldeans and he was just an ordinary man worshipping the gods his fathers knew. And one day God comes to him in Genesis 12 and says, come out of your country. Come out of your people and go to the land that I will show you. That I will bless you. And I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. All the nations of the earth will be blessed because of you. God sovereignly chose a man who would respond to the heart of God. God's always looking for a man who would respond to the heart of God. But God chose this man, Abraham, because in him and through him, God wanted to bless him. God wanted to bring a a healing and a deliverance into the life of an entire world through this one man, Abraham. Now, the Bible says that Abraham had no son and God had promised yet through your descendants, I will bless you. Your descendants are going to be like the stars of the heavens. Your descendants are going to be like the sand of the seashore. Oh, that was a mighty and lofty promise that God was promising. But there was only one problem. Abraham was old. He was 75. And his wife, Sarah, was 65 by now. When God gave him a promise of a son. And it was going to be many years before God was going to fulfill that promise. And when finally, after 25 years, the Bible says it was through Isaac that the covenant that God had planned into Abraham's life, God was going to fulfill. Oh, this was a son of an old age. It was an only begotten. It was the flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. He loved his son Isaac like none else. And the Bible says Sarah loved him and Isaac, and God, and Abraham loved him. And one day God tells uh, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only begotten son, And I want you to go up that mountain called Mount Moriah. And there I want you to sacrifice him. Now, Isaac wasn't a little boy. He was of understanding. How do we know that? The Bible says Isaac carried his own wood for the sacrifice up that mountain. Can you just believe that? He was a young man. It was not that he was a man who didn't understand the times and seasons. He was a man who understood everything about the times and seasons. And he carried his own wood. And while he was walking up Mount Moriah, the Bible says in Genesis 22, 7, Isaac asked Abraham a question. He said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold the fire and behold the wood. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac had a serious question. Where's the lamb? And Genesis 22 and verse 8, Abraham said, God will provide. Jehovah Yere, Jehovah Jireh, God will supply, God will provide. And he said that prophetically to his son Isaac about a thing that was going to come God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. This is so profound. This is so amazing. God himself will provide the lamb for the sacrifice, and the two of them. Walked on together up that mountain. The Bible says that Abraham and Isaac reached on top of the mountain. Abraham tied Isaac up in the rope. And he lifted up that knife. So that he could bring that knife down on Isaac. And take his life. And no it was not a sorry scene. Romans and chapter 4 says. Against all hope. Abraham in hope believed that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. The God who gave him a son when he was 99, 100 years old, that same God was able to raise that son back from the dead because Abraham knew God was a God of impossibilities. The moment Abraham lifted up that knife in faith to bring it down upon his son, at that time, an angel of the Lord stood there and said, don't slay your son for today God has seen that you are willing to give up your son yea your very own son therefore your enemies will not have victory your sons will overcome the enemies at the gate and prophesy a life of victory for Abraham and his generations when this was happening the Bible says Abraham turned and saw a lamb that was caught in the in the thicket a ram And at that point, God knew it was time for Abraham to behold the lamb. God had brought a lamb as a sacrifice when Abraham himself was willing to sacrifice his son. Why was this significant? Because this was prophetically declaring to Abraham and his son that one day God the father was going to send God the son, Jesus, as the lamb of the world. To die for the sins of the world. It was on Mount Moriah. That 2000 years later. That Jesus was going to die on Mount Calvary. There right on that very mountain. Where Abraham walked up with his son. God was going to walk up his son. With a cross on his shoulder. To die for the sins of the whole world. On that mountain. God was revealing to prophet Abraham. That one day God was going to raise up. A son to die for the sins of the whole world on that mountain. Abraham understood the pain of the father. As a father, he walked up his son. As a father, he laid down his son. As a father, he gave up the life of his son. So that he could raise him up back from the dead. And that was what Abraham also believed that God was going to do. It was on Mount Moriah. God had prepared the lamb. Fast forward a few years. And Abraham had a son, Isaac, and Isaac had his own two children, Esau and Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And one of his sons, Joseph, was sold by his brothers into Egypt because God had a sovereign plan to use Joseph as a mighty deliverer. And as years went by, Joseph became the governor, prime minister of Egypt and his remaining brothers and his father came to live in the land of Egypt because there was food there and there was a famine in the land of Israel. At that time, God's provision happened for them sovereignly through the land of Egypt. But after Joseph died, years went by and there came a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. And the people, the Hebrew people became slaves to the Egyptian people. They had to work hard and they were, you know, serving the Egyptian people until God's appointed time. When this appointed time came, one day God began to raise up. A man called Moses. While Israel was in slavery now. Pharaoh would not let them go. But God had a word for Pharaoh. Let my people go. And so God sent a man called Moses. A little child that was born. Drawn out of the water. And God began to. You know it took him into the palace. He was in Egypt. But he was not of Egypt. He knew in his heart that God had called him to be a deliverer. For, for the people of Israel. Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And then Moses had to run away from there. For 40 years, he was prepared in the wilderness, just like Jesus was prepared 40 days in fasting in the wilderness. And there in the wilderness, Moses was prepared and and God sent him back as the shepherd of God's people into Egypt so that God might use him to deliver the people of Israel from the hands of Egyptians. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened. God sent 10 plagues, one after the other. And there was so much loss and so much destruction. Pharaoh still hardened his heart. And then God finally sent in the 10th plague an angel of death. And he instructed the people of Israel and said, I want every one of you to go inside your houses, house by house, because I'm going to strike the firstborn of every Egyptian. This was going to be the life of every firstborn. And if their firstborn is struck, then that would let my people go. So here we are, if you may, a symbolism of the firstborn for the deliverance of the people, of the Hebrew people. It is at this time when God had planned this 10th plague, God said, it's time for a lamb. And when he asked them to get into their homes, he said, I want you to observe a meal. And we're going to call it the Passover because today, The angel of death is going to pass over you and God is going to deliver you with a mighty hand when all the firstborn of the cattle and the sons of Egypt are all going to die. There they prepared a a Passover meal and they and they prepared food and they ate it with herbs and they were ready with their garments. Because they, they knew with a mighty and quick deliverance, God was going to set them free from the lamb. From the lamb. What was this lamb? The Passover lamb was going to be for every house. And the blood of the lamb was to be taken and put on the doorposts and the sills of the house. So that when the angel of death passed by, when he saw the lamb and the blood of the lamb, he would not harm that household. And everybody within that household, would be saved. This was a symbolic of the Savior to come. How powerful. But there were some conditions. The Bible says that it had to be a sinless or a blameless lamb. Your lamb shall be unblemished, male, a year old. Exodus chapter 12 verse 5 says. And then in Exodus 12 verse 21, the Bible says they were to slay the lamb. Moses called the elders and said, go take for yourself a lamb According to your families and slay the Passover lamb. And then they had to stay under that blood, apply the blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would pass by as God was going to strike the Egyptians. When the angel of death saw this blood of the lamb, he spared the house and everyone within the house. Pharaoh finally relents. You know the story. And he he tasted the death of all of his firstborn of all of Egypt and of all the cattle and had seen how the land of Goshen was spared because the Hebrew people lived in that land. God had surrounded Goshen because of the blood and the people of Egypt had died. And with a mighty deliverance, Israel finally was going to be set free. With the loads of blessings, they got, you know, an inheritance, an inheritance the labor, they got gold and silver and, and all kinds of things from the Egyptian people. And, and they said, just go, just leave us alone. Get out of our land. Go and worship where you want. After they left, on their way, suddenly Pharaoh took his army and they went after these Egyptians. And you know the story, the Bible says there was a pillar of cloud and fire. God raised up a pillar of fire and separated Pharaoh from the, from the Israelite people. And with a great and mighty wind, God separated the Red Sea and took Israel across the Red Sea. And when the Egyptians tried to cross it, a wind came and the waters came back on the Egyptians. And all Pharaoh and his army, they were all destroyed in the sea. The lamb and the blood delivered with a mighty deliverance. The people of Israel out of Egypt and that same killed the firstborn Of Egypt. This began to become a commemoration in the land of Israel. It became a memorial to the people of Israel that there was a lamb and the blood of the lamb and God spoke to them and said in the same way one day I'm going to send a Messiah. This exodus from Egypt to Canaan was a new beginning for Israel from the old life of slavery. They were going to come out to a new freedom in the life of God though they left Egypt. They did not have a new life completely though, because their mindset was one of slavery. They were afraid, they were living in fear. They tried to protect their own tough. God did not allow their food to run, food to run out, their clothes would not grow old, their shoes would not grow old, but yet they lived in the new life with a slavery mindset. So many people do that even today. They're living the new life. Resurrection life with a slavery mindset. These people now of Israel, they were afraid of the giants. They were afraid of destruction. They had heard about these great mighty armies in these new places. And they were afraid of crossing over into the new life that God had planned for them. So God had to wait 40 years. And these 40 years, they waited for a new generation to rise up. Who did not live the slave mentality. But had a warrior mindset in their heart. A warrior mindset that would cross over and take over. Joshua and Caleb were going to lead this new group of people. It was a new generation of leaders that was going to take this new group of people. Just like Jesus, when he led the twelve and he ascended on high, he handed it over to an apostolic group of people who were going to lead. Israel fought the battles in Canaan land. They formed the nation of Canaan. They grew and they multiplied, but yet they rebelled against the Lord and they could not serve God with all their heart. So when this happened, God planned for a greater redemption. And in the fullness of time, God said, it's time for a lamb. Now, not only for the nation of Israel, but for the sins of the whole world. Until that time, 2000 years ago. The lambs that were slain were slain for the sins of Israel. But 2000 years ago, God said, now this lamb that was going to be slain was going to be slain for the sins of the whole world. Hallelujah. Isaiah prophesied about that coming lamb. Isaiah 53 and verse 7, the Bible says he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb he was led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that was silent before a shearers, he did not open his mouth. This was our Messiah to come. The prophets begin to declare, a lamb is coming, a lamb is coming, a lamb is coming. This was not just going to be any lamb. This lamb was the lamb of God. It was going to be God himself who was going to send his son, the Messiah, that was going to give his life for the sins of the whole world. This lamb was going to be different. This lamb was going to be unusual. Then Jesus came and at the temple, they had to offer the lamb. Jesus was born as a sinless lamb of God, conceived of the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary. And when the child was born, the shepherds came to worship him. The wise men came from far off. And the angelic host began to declare glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. When this Jesus was born, it was a mighty deliverer. People came from far and wide. And when it was time, they took Jesus to the temple. And at the temple, Simeon knew that the Messiah had come. The prophetess Anna prophesied and she saw with her eyes. At the temple, the Bible says, if it was a male child, He had to be sacrificed. A sacrifice had to be made for a male child. A lamb. A blemishless one. But the Bible says. That Joseph and Mary was so poor. They did not have money for the lamb. And so they took two. Pigeon doves. Turtle doves. And offered it as a sacrifice for this male child. The fact was. There were two things that happened. Number one. Jesus became poor. For our sins. Number two. Jesus, his poverty made us rich. And through that poverty, why Jesus offered that turtle down was because he himself was the lamb that was going to be slain for the sins of the world. In this background, all the way from the Garden of Eden, through Abraham, through Moses, through Israel, all the way to the time of Jesus. With this background, one day, when John was baptizing in the wilderness, there walked up a man to the river Jordan. And John looked at that man and said, in the gospel of John chapter 1 and verse 29, behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. On this resurrection Sunday, I want you to know about this Lamb of God, Who is very different from the lamb that was slain for the Passover. Jesus became our Passover lamb. But he was very different from the physical animals that were being slain. They were just a type of the things that were. Jesus became the reality when the lambs in the Old Testament were a shadow. What was different about this lamb? Jesus was fully God. And yet fully man. He was God himself who came down in the form of a man. So that he could fully pay the price for your sin and my sin. That we as men were sold out to slavery to the devil. This was God's super plan. Life for life. He planned to give the life of Jesus. For your life and my life. This lamb would not die forever. Because this lamb was going to raise again from the dead. This was the Passover lamb that was going to be risen from the dead. His words carried life. His touch carried the power of God. His actions were life. His death itself was life. Hallelujah. If they killed him, it was going to mean life for the whole world. He resurrected to a newness of life and he had the power over the grave and sin and death. And that is what happened on the third day. He rose again from the dead. In his name, there is salvation. His name was Jesus, if you may, in the Anglicized way, or Yeshua, if you may. Yeshua is Yahweh, is my salvation. His name itself was salvation. It carried the forgiveness of your sin and my sin. This is such a glorious day because in him we have life. The Bible says in John's Gospel 10.10, a thief comes to steal, to kill. And to destroy. But I have come that you might have life. And that you might have it abundantly. What is the glorious news of this resurrection Sunday? That if any believe on him. We shall no longer perish. But we will have everlasting life. Jesus the Lamb of God. Went to the cross. To take the sins of the world. This Lamb did not die forever. He rose again from the dead. As he himself was eternal life. Now, if you bury the truth and Jesus says he is the truth, this truth will rise again from the dead. Now that if anyone should believe in this truth, they would not perish. They would also rise again on that day. Jesus as the Lamb of God, who came to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. The Bible says, clean out the old leaven so that you may have a new lump, just as you are now unleavened. For Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. What did that mean? The Israelites had the practice. About 10 days before the Passover would be, would be celebrated. The Israelites would clean out of their house of all the old leaven and East. That they would clean it out like a sign of sanctification. In the same way Paul was now telling you and me. Now that Jesus has become our Passover lamb. And we are going to break his body. As a significance and, and his shed blood will be partaken. That it would be a bread without yeast. He would be the lamb and the bread. That would be the one without yeast. Without sin. That With, we ourselves would now live as a sinless life unto God. What is the power of the resurrection? That God would give you now the ability to live a sinless life. A life free from sin free from disobedience and rebellion, that, you, that Jesus would come as the second Adam and give you power over death and you would live eternal life unto God. It was for freedom from sin to, that God has now given you a newness unto a life in the spirit. This was not an old order of religion or faith. It was one of relationship and the power of God. God wanted to have a relationship with you. He wanted to make you and me the sons of God. That as many as believe in him, we shall not perish, but we shall become the sons of God. We are now chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation, called to show forth the greatness of him who has called us from death into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Christ is the firstborn who was struck down for our sins. And this is why Romans chapter 5, verse 18 says, So then as one's transgression resulted in condemnation of all men, even so one act of righteousness that resulted in the justification to life of all men. Jesus died so that all of us today on this resurrection day, we're celebrating his resurrection from the dead. No, he's not in the grave. The grave is empty. He is risen. Hallelujah. He's risen for you and for me. John's gospel, 1125, Jesus said to her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. And I want you to know today, even if you die, the Lord says, if you believe in me, you will live on forever. John's gospel, 14, verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Today I want you to know on this resurrection day, there is no other name in heaven and earth by which a man shall be saved except the name of Jesus. That you will repent for your sin today and you will accept Jesus as your personal savior and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. I want you to save me. He will come in, wash away all your sin by his blood and you will have a new beginning. The first Adam, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, he became a life-giving soul. The last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. The first birth was about a life in the soul, but the new birth, the born-again birth, is about a life in the Holy Spirit. What is the message of Resurrection Sunday? That you do no longer live In the flesh for your own selfish life. From now on you will live a life. In the Holy Spirit. That Romans 6 4 says. That therefore we have been buried. Through him in baptism into death. So that as Christ. Was raised from the dead. To the glory of the father. So we too may be raised. To a newness of life. This resurrection Sunday. I want to proclaim. You are resurrected for a new life. Not for your old life. Romans 6:22 says, "We've been freed from sin, that the outcome is going to be eternal life. Hallelujah. Galatians 2 and verse 20, what a powerful verse. It says, "I have been crucified with Christ. Oh on the Good Friday, when Christ was crucified, many are crying that their Jesus was crucified. But I want to tell you, you need to cry if you were not crucified with Jesus. because Paul says, For I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live now, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4 says, When Christ, who is your life, will appear, you will also be revealed with him in glory. Hallelujah. Which means from now onwards, you don't have your own life. From now onwards... What is Resurrection Sunday proclaiming? It is proclaiming that you're also crucified with Christ. If you are a born again child of God, you no longer live for yourself. You live for him. What is the difference of this new life? That when Christ will appear, you will also appear with him. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 7 and verse 6 says, Now we have been released from that law that we might live the power of an indestructible life. What kind of life has God given you? Hebrews seven fifteen to 17 says, And this is clearer still if another priest arises, according to the likeness of Melchizedek, he who still becomes not such one based on the law of physical requirement, but according to the, la- the power of an indestructible life. This new life that God has risen into is an indestructible life. And the life that God is giving you, is also an indestructible life. This life is not for you to go back into your own life. This life is for you to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 2 says. There is a law of the spirit of life. Today it's a new law that God wants you to live by. This is a law of the spirit of life. Where you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Where you're walking in the freedom. No longer living for sin. No longer living for death. But living for a life full of the Holy Spirit. This spirit is going to give you life. This spirit is going to give you hope. He's going to give you future. John 1.14 says in him was life and that life was the light of men. That is the life that is in you now. This spirit has given you life and he's going to lead you. He's going to lead you every day to live a life for Jesus Christ. The spirit, the Bible says, is going to tell your mind to be set, not on the flesh anymore. Romans and chapter 8 and verse 6 says, the mindset on the flesh is death. But the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. If you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit from today onwards, you're going to give a life, live a life full of life and peace. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says, but if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is going to raise your mortal bodies. Hallelujah. You're not going to die. Once you die physically, you're going to be raised again when Jesus comes. You're going to live an eternal life with Jesus. And when you die in the flesh, you will be raised in the spirit. And this is why Paul said, I want to know Christ. Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 and 11 says, I want to know Christ. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that I might somehow attain the resurrection from the dead. So if that is true, Paul was saying, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. There is a power, God's life's power in that resurrection. Paul wanted to become like him in his death, that he may somehow attain the resurrection from the dead. People of God, don't just celebrate that Christ was risen. Paul said, I want to somehow be risen like Christ is risen. And today that is what the message of resurrection is. God wants you to walk in obedience with Christ. That you will somehow be resurrected when Christ is also resurrected. For that you're going to live a life of obedience for the rest of your days. You will live no longer for yourself. John 3.36 says, he who believes in the son has eternal life. But he who does not believe in the son will not see life. Live the rest of your days unto Jesus, who is the light and the life of this world. He is the resurrection and he is the life. If he is the resurrection and the life, then we want to be filled with this life of God. But there is something powerful that I want to tell you. God wants us to be filled with the spirit, walk in the spirit, be led by the spirit every day. The New Testament life must be a spirit filled, spirit led life. God is calling you and me to walk in this life of the Holy Spirit, no longer to live for the lusts of the flesh, but for the life of God. This life of God made Jesus a different lamb. How was he different from the Passover lamb? The Passover lamb was killed. Its blood was put on the doorposts and it was eaten as a family. Remembering that Israel had come out of Egypt from which they were in slavery. But that was only a type. Jesus the Passover lamb is now reminding us that we were all in slavery in the world and to the devil. And he gave his only life for us. His blood was shed for us that we would now no longer live for ourselves that we would live for him. But how is he really different from the Passover lamb of the Jewish people? That on the third day the lamb of God. He rose again from the dead. The Bible says that today this lamb of God is resurrected and he is gone, ascended to the heavens. This lamb of God is seated on the right hand of God the Father. This lamb is not dead. This lamb is alive. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 6 says, And I saw between the throne, the four living creatures and the elders, a lamb who was standing in the heavens. Hallelujah. This Lamb of God is alive and well and he is in the heavens. For the Jews, the Passover brings them to the end of leaving Egypt. But they have no confidence of entering into the heavenly place. This lamb of God today has taken us with boldness into the holy of holies. Israel cannot go into the holy of holies. But this lamb is today taking us into the holy of holies. This lamb is standing in the heavens. Not only that, this lamb is glorious. The elders are worshipping him. Revelation 5 and verse 8 says, And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which their prayers of the saints. All these elders fell down with the prayers of the saints and the and the lamb was standing there. Today, the lamb is not dead. That lamb is alive. I want you to know Jesus, the lamb of God, is alive in the heaven. He, the glory shall go to the lamb. They will worship the Lamb of God. This Lamb of God with Jesus was the Lamb of God is today not dead. He is resurrected, alive, ascended into heaven after 40 days speaking to the disciples and teaching them about the kingdom of the living God. Today, we are not living in the kingdom of Israel. The Lamb is now the king of a new kingdom. It is the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says he is the king of glory and he is seated on that throne. This lamb is also not just a lamb who's laid his life down after this resurrection. He's now the lamb that's going to judge the quick and the dead. Revelation 6 and verse 16 says, And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. So many people know the lamb laid his life, that he was a lamb of love. But a day is coming where the wrath of the Lamb is going to be revealed against all ungodliness and wickedness and sin of man. Repent and turn and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9 says that one day the Lamb is going to rule. The Bible says in Revelation 7, 9, after these things I looked and behold... A great multitude which stood that could not be counted. Hallelujah. From every nation, every tribe and people and tongue standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Clothed in white and palm branches were in their hand. They were all standing before the Lamb of God in heaven. This is not the palm branches in Jerusalem on earth. This is palm branches in heaven. This Lamb is going to rule. And this same Lamb, the Bible says... Was the Lamb that shed His blood for us two thousand years ago? Revelation seven fourteen says, "And I said to him, My Lord, you know." And He said to me, "These are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation, and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb." That Lamb in heaven is not a Messiah, another Lamb. It is the Messiah whose blood has been shed on earth two thousand years ago. In His blood, we have washed. Our lives and our robe. And the Bible says in, Romans, in Revelation 12 and verse 11. And they have overcome by the blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony. Hallelujah. This lamb is going to shepherd his people. He's going to be a mighty shepherd of the kingdom of heaven. And you and I, if you receive him as our savior, we will be part of that great kingdom. Revelation 7.17 says for the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of the waters of life. And God will wipe every tear away. We will worship this lamb. And I want you to know this lamb is coming back again. Revelation 14.1 This lamb and I looked and behold the lamb was standing on Mount Zion. And with him 144,000 having his name and the name of his father written on their forehead. A day is coming where he's going to stand on Mount Zion. And all the nations are going to see he's going to come as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's going to be a lamb that was risen, who ascended into heaven. But he's going to come back to judge the quick in the day. It is appointed for man to die once and then judgment. Are you ready for that judgment? Resurrection Sunday is also proclaiming that Jesus is coming back as glorious king, the lamb of God. And this lamb is also going to be set apart. And he is going to not going to be a weak lamb. He's going to destroy the lamb. He's going to destroy the serpent that was in the garden. The Bible says he is going to judge Satan. We're going to be married to this lamb. Hallelujah. Because a day is coming. There's going to be a marriage of the lamb. And this great glorious revelation 21 verse 9 says. And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls and the plagues. Came and spoke and said come here. I will show you the bride. The wife of the lamb. And this is talking about the church. Revelation nineteen seven says. Let us rejoice and be glad. And give glory to him. For the marriage of the lamb has come. And his bride has made herself ready. Have you made yourself ready? On resurrection Sunday I want to encourage you. Make yourself ready. Because the lamb is coming. He's coming He's going to take his bride. All of us are going to be caught up in the heavens with him. And there we're going to be with him forever and ever. Nothing unclean shall enter. Revelation 21, 27 says, nothing unclean shall uh, enter there. Is your name written in the book of life? If you know not, you need to receive him and repent for your sin. And we will serve the Lamb of God forever and ever and ever. And the apostles of the Lamb the Bible says they are going to be leading the pack of people and we are going to rule nations and we are going to be given responsibility and authority. If that is the case today, before his return, John's gospel twenty-one fifteen says, and Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. And he said, then feed my lamb. Today, God calls you and me as his lamb and he wants to send us as his lamb into all the world with this mighty gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm sending you as lamb among wolves. If Jesus decide to lay down his life for the sins of the world on this resurrection Sunday, will you also be willing to lay down your life so that people will hear this awesome gospel? and their lives will never be the same again. May God bless you and fill you with this resurrection life, that you will live with the power of an indestructible life, living blemishly for the return of the King, that when He comes, we will all be ready for the marriage of the Lamb. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.